Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers! Welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with good old Toasty. And Toasty is super excited to delve even more into Season 3 of The Witcher, his favorite TV show on all of the planet Earth, with his favorite um, showrunners. Don't put that on me. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe not favorite. Second favorite. Uh, Toasty, we're talking about season three, episode three, and episode four. We've got like Siri getting lost in, in the town, in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. We've got a boat thing with a boat monster. We got all sorts of fun stuff. These feel like the like in between episodes. We had kind of the like, hey, remember how bad season two was? We're trying to fix it. Those were like the first two episodes. And then we have like the, the fifth episode, which is like, we've got this really cool <laughs> dynamic situation at a party and we're going to come at it from all these different angles and show different perspectives on what's going on. But with with episode three and episode four, it's more of a just like, a, hey, we got to get from here to there. That like, does it feel like that to you? But they're fixing the travel times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're fixing the travel times by actually. See, look, we're traveling. Look, they're actually going somewhere. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Right, amazing. They don't just teleport their horses across the continent. So, all right. So, where do we start with episode three? Uh, so we start uh, at the beginning. Um, it seems like Yaskier has somewhat made up with his um, old yeah. flame. Vespula. Yeah, the the very one that was throwing everything out of the off the balcony yeah. in the first episode, yeah. which it was weird because she was jealous that he was sleeping with another woman, and then he starts going off about how Radovid is a spoon. And yeah, and different. Yeah, and, and they like, they're like talking about like their sexual conquests or whatever and it's all now they seem like buddy buddy about it again and it's like what which i mean i guess if they were able to come to like an, a, a an agreement for a healthy arrangement on how their relationship works then sure but <laughs> sure, it just seemed very different to see her in the last episode throwing his stuff off a balcony too right now he talks about being attracted to another man and she gets on top of him because of it it's like okay all right whatever Right, so we have more more askier stuff. Any anything else? Let's try to consolidate this because otherwise, going through every point individually could last the whole episode. And we're trying to get through two episodes. So any yeah. any other askier stuff that you want to call out on this episode? Because we have kind of the the growing of that relationship of the Radovid askier thing. Uh, specifically askier, no. Okay, well, there's some other parts that he's in for other characters and whatnot, but um. But yeah, Geralt shows up, they go and visit, or he takes her to False Siri, um, who is, I guess, losing, like, she's she's completely out of it. She's mumbling, like, mad ramblings uh, the whole time. Um, so they go to visit Annika, mm-hmm. who is apparently a friend of Geralt's mother, who will be a, a focal point of this episode. Um, what did you mother- think about the whole bringing back his mother thing and conversation or that 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 was one of the things that really surprised me was that that conversation came up and like i don't know why they did it like i guess it's to i don't know insight like get a more human i guess maybe like as we see Geralt 
being a dad to Siri, maybe people are interested in seeing like, you know, more about his relationship with his mom or something. I don't, I don't know, but it's not necessary. We don't need it. Right. And this is, this is, of course, this is all stuff that's for the show specifically, because the only time we ever get anything from Vicina in the books is the part in like the first, um, that they showed in the first season where he's like injured and his mom patches him up right. and he like kind of confronts right. her and that's it. That's Maybe, all we get. It seems like it was a justification also for getting Annika in the situation. And then this like werewolf yeah. guy, it was kind of like, I that was a segue. I notice how shooed in random, like they just have these one-off characters that have zero important, like, I doubt we're ever going to see Annika and Otto again. And like very specifically, Otto was completely unnecessary <laughs> to the like. Right. Other uh, than like the potential threat of danger when things kind of went bad. Like that, the, that was the whole like, oh, you're a werewolf. Yeah, I used to be. Okay. Yeah. But I've got it under control because I have this thing. They didn't send it on the danger, which makes him even more point. Like if it had yeah. turned into like he fully shifted from because he's a werewolf Otto is a werewolf we learned this Geralt has saved him before right. um and has helped him have like a talisman that keeps him from changing and like hurting people um if he if he had fully turned and like Geralt had to kill him in order to protect the others like that could have like been a significant thing like that could have been like a a point for him to like be troubled because like he's helped this person in the past and then it like he, he had right. to kill him here that could have been a cool thing but he doesn't even fully shift they're able to like fix him beforehand so it's like this this character served zero purpose yeah. in like the a, slightest a little bit of, of tension this yeah. is a threat like right yeah right um well and, and it the, reminds us of Geralt's willingness to do the right thing even when it it would have been easier to just hunt down the werewolf but instead he helps yeah. the guy out yeah, but um, in the same events of this like cabin with Annika and Otto and them, um, they give her the uh, I can't even remember her name anymore. Um, the little girl because they give us the her actual theory. name. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember her name either. The, the um, false theory. Yeah, yeah, but they give her a potion that's supposed to help. Uh, it's an extraction elixir. is supposed to help, I guess, extract the. Uh, series memories that they have implanted in her they don't explain or, it they just call or it the evil magic yeah, yeah it's like, like what is it supposed to it's supposed to extract something um <laughs> assumably the stuff that's making her all messed up um and then there's a potential for the, with the threat because Geralt tries to question her before the elixir has taken full effect and then i guess the magic takes over or the mage in question takes her over and yeah. they uh, she attacks them hurts annika this is when the you know the werewolf threat pops up for like a second um and that's about it for that is just the like just it's a lead they're following a lead and like what this girl what information she can provide right and it also to, gives us a little bit a little bit more insight into her suffering and how mm -hmm. these poor children are being abused by whatever magic this is and whatever whoever this is that's doing it um yeah. so we get a little bit of that <clears throat> and then yeah, we and, and then anything else on this scene uh this scene in particular um for the rest of like this part of it the only other significant thing that happens is um 
Geralt talking about his mom and having a moment of emotion. Right. Like she's passed away. He finds out. Yeah. And then he talks about the stuff he remembers about her and stuff. So yeah, it's like, it's just like supposed to be emotional, but honestly, it it didn't, I was kind of like, like, right. I also felt the same way. I felt like, okay, why are we revisiting this? We've already established that like sad things happened. Garrett was sad because of it. This is why he part of why he became who he became, you know, like all Mm -hmm. of that. So, but then, then things shift over to the whole Yennefer Siri thing. She's taking Siri to Eretuza still. Right. And they're traveling through some town. I don't know if I even caught I the name of the town. I'm thinking it's Novigrad um, because of the Giancardi Bank. I think that's in Novigrad, okay. if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, they make a visit. We get um, a wonderfully, a wonderfully flamboyant uh, Giancardi character that is probably never going to show up again either. But I thought he was like, I thought it would be kind of funny. Um, the way his like mannerisms were, it was it was fine. Um, yeah, Jennifer goes to basically uh i guess she needs a secure place to talk to tissaia because she has to talk to her in the vault i guess it's for like maybe magical protections or something um so that she doesn't get over uh eavesdropped on because they do reveal later on that like the she's being traced by either reance or the mage in charge of reance that's Mm -hmm. in like the next episode but i guess that's why she can't portal around during this part is because someone is tracking her through her magic or something. Or they something. don't ever, they, they mention yeah. it one time. That's it. So I guess that's the explanation. Um, but she confronts, she sends Siri off with the, with the chaperone, um, which is something that does actually happen in the books. Um, and she goes and confronts Tesea to get Tesea to, basically forgive her and then to agree to train Siri because uh Yennefer sees to say as the most powerful like mage on the continent and she's not she doesn't have enough power to train Siri herself um and they just have kind of like a nice bonding like their their relationship is you know very like mother daughter um which is an important parallel for uh the Yennefer Siri relationship that they're kind of building upon right you know it's nice it's it is a cute scene yeah um and meanwhile siri goes into town and runs into um or comes across a basilisk <laughs> yeah uh, this this show this showman thing where like mm-hmm. they're in the marketplace and there's all these things for sale but then people are doing shows and trying to sell tickets to the show and this one guy claims to have caught a basilisk and she's like that's too small to be a basilisk because she knows what a basilisk looks like yeah <laughs> and uh, then, which we've, we've seen they supposedly the things we saw at the last episode of season two were basilisks right so definitely a very large difference in size yeah because those things were very large right and this thing was just a little guy right and Um, she can't help herself but to like call him out and be like what are you doing this isn't even a basilisk and then and then the dude tries to hit her with his cane and it all goes crazy the wyvern it's it ends up being a wyvern it's like a baby yeah it's a baby little baby wyvern it's a freaky looking thing too it has like spikes on its back too which i was like okay the design's real freaky um but 
she ends up killing it with some help from some person in the crowd <laughs> which he, he, um, she gives him all the credit and then uses that as a way to escape it's like i was talking about the other person oh the, oh the, the woman right, right, in the crowd who right. throws at the dagger that's right the dagger lady yeah important right but then the, um, the night guy she's like look you saved us from the basket he's like i did because she was like she's like yeah. i brought a lot of attention to myself Jennifer told me not to do this uh right here, right all the attention on this guy while i run away yeah smart at and, least and i can totally see how people might have an issue with this and be like why would she do some such, such a diff, dumb thing she's like but she's a teenager like this is an impulsive thing like teenagers just make and this is something this is decisions. actually a this whole little sequence obviously they've embellished a little bit but this whole sequence does happen in the books the series does have like this basilisk thing uh she calls it out brings attention to herself um i don't think uh it wasn't the guy who like clumsily let the wyvern out but uh like she did whenever she was supposed to uh outlive the basilisk venom that was the the mm-hmm. the thing that the guy wanted like prove it's a prove it's not a basilisk by letting it bite you and and don't get uh poisoned um but i did think it was interesting at least whenever he was explaining um obviously he does it over the top and there's a lot of like uh false information here especially in like the witcher this is all like all of it's like okay that's that's bs the witcher is called bs but i thought it was interesting that it's kind of like the the fake mythology of a basilisk is kind of how basilisk mythology is in like the real like in the real world right like with the 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 rooster laying an egg that turns into a bat like that's actually the mythology as we know it so right. i thought it was very interesting yeah that, that was um, a that cool that was a cool reference and, and then she's like no that's not how that works <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so that yeah. part was was pretty fun and then you have the, um, the dagger lady yeah the dagger lady away. which will be important because um and i i watched this uh episode with let's not um for the first time or whatever and i think we both had the realization at the same time that this is supposed to be missile Mm-hmm. who is a very problematic character in the books <laughs> and who shows um, up later like she kind of was moved yeah, forward in time yeah. in the show yeah she she's a member of the rats which is a gang that siri kind of joins later on um and there's a whole lot of like really problematic uh things in that relationship so but this is the hint they don't give us the name they don't give us anything to show her which i'm and they don't confirm it, but I'm pretty sure this is who it is. Yeah. I think like yeah. it's, it's so, yeah. um, and that's kind of the important takeaway there. Right. Um, and, and then, then that whole scene ends, she ends up back with, uh, Yennefer, right. And yeah, then she runs into these other, uh, these other mages Martin. are there. All the ladies are yeah. all like doing their like uppity lady things and series mm-hmm. like having none of that. And then Yennefer's yeah. like, like, listen, this is just, sometimes you just have to play the part. And this is me playing the part. Like, this is me doing my thing in order to make things better for you and me. So let's just go along with it. And series like, nope. And then runs away. Yeah. So I didn't really like, like the first part was fine like all of them being like rude ladies drinking their wine talking shit or whatever that's fine that's actually like how it is as well in the books mm-hmm. and because of that siri doesn't like it she runs off right but the fight that they have was n- like that was an addition and i didn't like the fight because like the, the, it was, uh, the argument like between the two yeah, of them specifically the argument yeah. between the two it was it was 
both uncomfortable um and like it's just it was just like pain on either side and kind of just like Jennifer attacking Siri in a way like like it just all things about this fight I hated so much <laughs> right, so. right well it, it I mean if 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 you are going to say something nice about it it's the fact that or something justifying it it's the fact that Jennifer is struggling with being a mom it's it's difficult for her. it's not like she had a good example growing up you know like so she doesn't always respond in the best way in these stressful situations and so this yeah, turns into but, Siri running off but yeah it yeah again it may have been a little bit more drawn out than it needed to be is drawn out more drawn out than it needed to be and then they don't make up for it in the way same way that like it does in the books because like Siri runs off and when she finds Geralt Yennefer's already there mm-hmm. because she's portaled to Geralt because uh she was worried about Siri but they don't they can't do portal so because yeah, Yennefer not only not only goes back with all of the mages doesn't even mention like it doesn't show her being worried about Siri at all yeah it's just like Siri ran off and Yennefer's like yeah all of that felt like very just like i don't know just jumped over right like oh god siri's out there in the wild oh but she ran into Geralt. everything's fine so we as the viewers are going to be like it's okay now and then jennifer's back with everybody and now it's fine like that part felt very rushed yeah and there's like as far as the rest of this is not that important i did have a note that they really needed a fix to say his hair um in like the scene where her and yennefer are talking because she just has a loose strand like going down and it's not <laughs> me being it's like it's not me being picky about them being careless with it like that makes sense normally whenever you're in a you know they're in a in a sauna like you yeah you don't really care about this stuff but to say is a perfectionist uh-huh. And they have so far at least kind of kept up with that. Um, so her having a hair out of place doesn't work. And I just, <laughs> that was a small detail. I was like, right. fix that, please. She would never. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So um, we have a number of other side plots and uh, just a few minutes to cover some of these. So we've got the whole uh, Dijkstra, uh, Philippa stuff still going on in the background yeah, Rat- with and Philippa are losing their foothold with Vizimir um yeah. and somewhat Radovid so Dijkstra cuts off the king's or the queen's head puts it in a box and pretends yeah. it's sent by Nilfgaard because he was Vizimir was making deals with Nilfgaard because his wife was saying that he should I and I thought this was Dijkstra, cool because we finally saw uh Dijkstra kind of show his teeth a little bit yeah he's he's felt very passive in the season up until that point and then it was like oh okay so he is willing to do things (laughs) like yeah no that was that was a very good like that whole part with like the queen's head in a box was great especially like once the king's out of the room yeah that he just goes back to like well yeah it's fine didn't he wasn't aware of that's exactly how it was going to be delivered anyways they had orchestrated that the queen needed to die but we find out like later that the they let i guess philippa's lover take care of all the details of on that so he was just kind of like oh i'm impressed i'm gonna eat now that was great i love the dynamic there with him that he's finally like taking charge of the situation well and the symbology of him sitting in the king's seat 
and then eating the oh, kids yeah. dinner like that that was oh, good sure. too. that was good too so we, we've got some of that stuff and then of course radovid's being weird still and you know is he clever or is he not we don't know yet and then uh the whole kahir side plot thing with the elves yeah so not a whole lot here most of this is just the small little scenes that they're going to show as the lead up for the coup on Thanad. Yeah. But Um, what did you think about the whole him killing Galadin thing in order to get back in with Amir? Because I feel like like when last we talked, you were like, seems like a cool character. I like the actor like this. We're going to see where this goes. And then now it's just like dead. No, I knew he was a pointless character. Like, right. But um, this it didn't go any further than just basically enabling to hear story. Really? Yeah. He's he's basically uh, just a plot device for Kahir to get back in like the ranks good graces right yeah um which sucks but it's also i i was unsure exactly where they were going to go with it just in the sense of because like normally i would call that that gallatin is unimportant because francesca is so important right but but he seems how they presented yeah, her yeah she's been so unimportant in the season that i've been like well, okay, if maybe they're actually changing something here or like mm-hmm. he's going to do something to make her finally step up because she needs to step up. She's been, no offense, um, she's been pathetic this entire season. Uh, <laughs> right. But she's one of my favorite characters from the right. stories. Right, but uh, maybe that's intentional in order for her to like character arc back into prominence. Um, but yeah, yeah, I had the that same thought like you a did. a lot of character yeah. arcs that are like, leading we're seeing i guess how they're leading up to the point because we don't see that like kair's story is very weird right now because he's obviously struggling and we know where he's supposed to get to or you know i say supposed in in quotation marks because we can't be sure and he seems in a weird spot that it's hard to understand how he gets to the point later right. on in the right. story. Right. And Galadin seems very capable. So I was I, I was I was with you. I was going, well, are we going to see more out of this? Like, is he going to be a become a more prominent character? And then it's like, nope, nope, he's not. So uh, that's that's those plot lines. Anything else from this episode? Um, We get the the very important one at the end with Siri running from the wild hunt. Um, yeah. Which feels like it comes out of nowhere. It's just like, Oh, now she's on her horse. Oh, wait, no wild hunt's coming. Oh, Geralt's all of a sudden there. It does feel like it's coming out of nowhere, but this is actually a direct pull. Yeah. But like, 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 that's the thing is like, if you don't know that you would critique the show is just like, well, that was convenient that Geralt just happened to show up when she was in the middle of the wilderness and had just had left Yennefer and whatever. But like, and how did he know she was there? All yeah, there was it is I don't exactly know how um he knew she was there. I don't think like I don't remember that part specifically, but you know, there there's potential to say that like she did get through to him through that like coin or something that she was using or whatever. Yeah. Um who knows, but yeah. but they but don't like, reveal the it on mo- the show. They don't they don't yeah. tell us. It just kind of happens. But for the most part, like series storyline in this episode is pretty like accurate. Mhm. No. So it's something. It's something. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to go thank our patrons and we will be back. As I sound like Porky Pig, we will be back to talk about episode four in just a minute. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm -hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. 
All right, this is the middle of the show, and if we're helping you get through your work day or your commute or babysitting your grandchildren, I don't know why that came into my mind, then why don't you consider checking out our Patreon and all the different stuff you can get for helping to support this show. We don't have any new patrons this week, but if you are interested, head over to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast, and if you sign up, we'll call you out on a future episode. And then also, we've got our higher vampires to shout out, Ben of Tamaria and Jared M. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, also, if you are interested in helping us out, leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts is a wonderful way to do that as well we will read those out on a future episode of the show too plus you can rate us on spotify or whatever other platform you're listening to us on or you know if you and your friends are watching the witcher or you know hate watching the witcher or whatever (laughs) if you want to share our show with them as well then you can do that all of that is extremely helpful so thank you to all of you we couldn't do the show without you all right let's head back to the show and talk about episode four You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's on you now. Right, yeah. All right. I will will say, though, there's one thing that I didn't mention that it was just, it threw me for such a loop, was when Vitsamir was doing dodgeball hockey. (laughs) Okay whatever that was he was uh-huh he yes. was throwing what like iron balls uh-huh supposedly he's trying to throw them in a net but he's just throwing them at the guy like we know he's just throwing right. them at the guy right. it was like what is this sport that they have randomly inserted into this because it's like yeah it's like a hockey net but it's also like i thought it was fun dodge- I mean, it's weird, but I also kind of thought that part was fun. It was weird. It seems like something a king would just come up to, like, have a little bit of fun. But it was just such a weird thing to see in there. Yeah. I also feel like uh, the actor who plays Vitsamir is is really, like, coming into his own in playing this character. He's really, like, he's really, I don't know, getting into it. Um, I appreciated that. But uh, let's talk about episode four. Where do we start with this? We start with Kahir? Yeah, we'll get Kahir and Amir out of the way because we don't have a whole lot for them. Um, but essentially, like we we start with like weird dream hallucinations happening with Kahir. He's dreaming of Siri um, and the things she's going through. Um, he does do th- this. Is something that actually ha- that also happens in the books. Like he dreams of Siri. I just hope that they stray away from the weirdness that some of these dreams had in the books because he dreams about like siri being older and like like they're inappropriate dreams sometimes she's older (laughs) at least there's that uh it's still not great (laughs) yeah because she's a child now right so and like eventually that's going to come into like a he likes her uh thing and like I really hope that they give him something other than that. Like, is because that's just going to be weird. Because, like, yeah, she's a child. We don't want to mm. see. Yeah. Well, she at least in the man. show, she is a little older than she is in the books. So, yeah, but we still don't. We know that like Freya Allen is older. We don't know how old she's supposed to be right. in the story. She right. could still be like twelve. It's just that Freya Allen looks like a much older person. Right. Yeah. So, I, I would gauge her at like. I mean, the way they've portrayed her so far and the kinds of things she does and the way she looks, I would gauge her at like 16, 17. 
Yeah. Which is I mean, like I would soon but... to be an adult in our culture, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... we don't really know. Um yeah, it's a little bit a little bit out out there. So yeah. all right. Um, and we get to just this just grows into like Amir personally wakes Kahir up in bed, which is like yeah. your, your emperor walks in and pulls your curtains. Like I'd be freaking the hell out because I think I messed up, but it's just supposed to show how close they actually are. Yeah. Um, and, and it shows so. that Kahir is, is like a little, I mean, he, he plays it up. Like he's a little freaked out about this too. Like, yeah, he's, he's not sure what's going on, but yeah. he just, and this will just, the next time we see him, he's just getting the mission to like, uh, broker a truce with the elves, uh, and go on, uh, some important mission that they don't allude to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right. right. So, all right. So let's jump to Yennefer and the, uh, uh, you know, she dresses the brotherhood, right. And you have that yeah. scene where they're all gathered together and she's like coming up with this great idea. Hey everybody, I got this great idea. Let's all and get let's, together. Let's, let's unify and, like, the future. We got to yeah, save the North. Let's all work together. Yeah. If we all believe in good things and our, we're all on our best behavior, then maybe we can actually do it. And, and of course, you know, we have the, uh, the opposed Stregobor because, Yennefer's part elf and he's racist um which is just supposed to be a build-up to for the big hint that like oh it's Stregobor who's the bad guy um that they've been like pushing the whole season right they keep reminding us how he's a terrible person yes yeah and then but like this whole thing this scene was just weird because it was uh they all hated her and then she just very quickly just like wins them all over very easily except Stregobor. like there's no effort put in at all mm-hmm. um well i think that which, was the play into the whole to say a support thing and how much mm-hmm. and we've we've seen how much power she has over these kind of situations and so yeah. but you know. the, even when to say has been uh for an idea she's gotten tons of opposition sure. from everyone else so sure. like right. we saw that in the, like but i guess now if Taseya agrees and Vilgefortz agrees, then, you know, here we go that we're all in and we yeah. um, do a weird applause on our chair, uh, right, which right, right, was right. so awkward. I was yeah, yeah. like, what are you doing yeah. with this? Like, yeah. So, um, and that'll just lead into later when uh, that that's her for her here at Artuza and she's going to go meet up with the group when they get here. Uh, later on in the episode um, right. so moving on to the other group Geralt Yaskier and Siri get on a boat there's apparently a monster problem right uh, there's and, these, these other uh, musicians and the other bard we get Valdo Marks which is we get yeah. an actual representation of Valdo, Valdo Marks because he's normally just a referent like he just talked about we don't actually see him um how did I'm you feel cool. about all of that and like the wackiness of them like performing and like you know Yaskier like rolling his eyes and like I like I feel like that's the sort was, of thing that sometimes you would be like oh god come on but if done well you might be okay with it makes sense and I I like I don't like his troop but I liked valdo marks uh-huh. i think he's interested especially i have watched the the fifth episode so especially in the next episode it was like uh the part they they're not important but like th- what they do is uh in a way um so i think they're interesting it also um, they also help justify the world a little bit 
they show that like yeah. a, a group Building like this out. would be hired by a bunch of frou-frou mages in order to yeah. play at a party. Um, but they're all really dumb for the most part and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> incredibly bold which most people aren't like they're like yeah. oh there's a monster uh and you know what will disturb the monster right our music so we're gonna actually do music and try to disturb <laughs> the monster right so that it comes right. out and it's like most civilians don't want that at all right. they do not want the monster to come around yeah you know what this reminds me of is some of the wackiness that we see in the games when they pull in certain characters who are like too headstrong or like they're too they're just like oblivious of the reality of the situation or whatever mm -hmm. it felt very like much like a game pull to me which is cool i'm cool with that because there's definitely situations Fair in the enough. game where you as Geralt roll up on a situation and you're like oh god these idiots what are they doing like it felt like one of those yeah um so they're on the boat they're like this is mostly like a like i guess a witcher assessment from Geralt, like on siri because she's doing most of the the foot like footwork for this she's yeah, she's playing detective um, figuring out what kind of monster this is and what yeah like, which i guess is following them um because yeah. <laughs> she's able to tell what kind of monster it is based on the ripple consistency in the water which means i would assume that the monster is just circling the boat as they're going along yeah. but isn't doing anything until they start singing it's right. weird it's very weird why is the monster not attacking but eventually it does well, thanks to the a, a predator a predator you know will circle its prey a bit and then find yeah. the right time to attack um, so yeah so and in the monster specifically is an ashna which is actually uh a creature that exists uh canonically that they pulled which i was surprised by um it's not quite it's it's a bit different because normally the ashna that um is actually in the lore lives in like swamps uh yeah and stays in that kind of environment and this is obviously the ocean <laughs> right um right but you know other than that really not important um it i it leads to a really cool fight scene that i really liked because i liked seeing siri and Geralt working together yes uh to fight the monster um and siri executing a plan that she like figured out like she knew it's it, the soft spot on its head was the weakness and she was able to like adapt to the situation um yeah and kill it and we get proud dad Geralt's right and uh, and i i mean heck, cheers to freya allen for playing the role I, I i felt like you know it was fun and she seemed like like capable of the action scenes and and then she comes down on the monster's head at the end like all of that worked really well i think yeah and that's i mean that's even I think that attests as well to the chemistry between Freya Allen and Henry Cavill, which yeah. also makes me worried for future seasons. How is the chemistry going to change? Right. right. Um, because like he, I feel like she was able to do this scene because her and like Henry Cavill are like family after these seasons together. They've talked about it right. so much. Like they are super comfortable together. So, yeah, but, uh, they get off, they kill the monster. They get off the boat, uh, yeah proud dead girl they meet up with yennefer um and it leads to what i considered my favorite scene of the season uh when uh siri and yaskier are mm -hmm. imitating Geralt and mm -hmm. yennefer yes and basically yes. while they're having a conversation so we don't know what Geralt and yennefer are talking about right but they're talking about stuff 
but we get Siri and Yaskier imitating them. Right. Uh, right. Because we all know what that dialogue is going to be like. We all know they're going to make up. Everything's going to work out. Like all of that has been signaled like that's coming. But the fact that they like bring it to like that was probably the moment in this episode where I was like, these gosh darn characters. I love these guys. <laughs> you know, like it was like, like that my mom would say it's something like that. Yeah. Right. But I, um, I, yeah, like, because we haven't really gotten a chance to see, like there's been a little bit, but we hadn't really seen a big, like Siri esque or bonding moment, right. um, which are also like great moments. And we see it immediately leads into another one where like, you know, she's, taking all of Yaskier's money and right, right. like sings a song while she falls asleep uh, in right. the fastest way ever anyone has ever fallen asleep before in their life. Um, <laughs> right, right. That She fell asleep faster than uh, Yennefer and Geralt uh, fast traveled to care more in last season. Um, <laughs> but and then I'm just going to say it, Yaskier uh, sleeps with her out of it. Yeah, there's the whole like, hey, Radovid's here all of a sudden and can't get through the force field. So Yaskier goes out into the barn and then they have barn stuff going on. They have a like, bonding moment. Uh, all right. Radovid sings Yaskier's song and then they do it in the barn and it's all right that's fine Uh, also but like it's one of those moments where it's like ask you know you know you're supposed to be like yeah you know there's a force field there but dude she's like the most important person on the continent you really want to go do this right now like i get i get that you're tempted and you're the kind of person who like follows that a lot but see because my thing is right my thing is we know siri's gonna be at artusa Mm-hmm. during her well supposedly during the coup she fell asleep faster than anyone has ever fallen asleep in their lives uh-huh. Uh-huh. or did she oh did this happen did she not react Yaskier went outside right and she's going to take the opportunity she's to playing run off right right over to Aratuza. yeah which would be a very teenager thing to do pretend that i'm asleep yeah. and then sneak she's out. been i mean she's yeah. been a teenager the entire like season right. so far like it's been like mostly yennefer chastising her because she's been very teenage reckless right. the whole time i think you're right so. i think you're right um and it's not that something's gonna happen to her it's that she's gonna go do something which is even more important than why Yaskier should have been there and is exactly why they would have add this, added this in as a distraction in order to allow that plot point to hurt to happen. Yeah. When so, they could have just had Yaskier just fall asleep. Like, they didn't need him to get distracted by a love interest, right? Like, maybe yeah. he's like, all right, well, that's enough. You took enough of my money for tonight. Let's just turn it in. He goes down and falls asleep. 30 minutes later, she's like, oh, he's asleep. All right. I'm going to sneak out. You know, like. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's it's whatever. Um yeah it's the rest of this is mostly just like political maneuvering i do i did really like yennefer using vitsamir um against dijkstra and philippa because they were like we don't want to go to this conclave and she's like yeah uh, it's oh, like she yeah. ran off to dad to tell like yeah like they're not doing what they're told and he's like that, that was hey, really go. cool like her just kind of showing up in that situation and also, then like yeah I did like that, like little Easter egg for those that can grab it because like Yennefer showing up in the middle of a funeral and like not giving a 
a shit about who died and just talking the whole time. Because <laughs> right. we get that in Witcher 3. And like when you show up to Skellige and go to that little funeral, she just walks up and then you y'all end up like flirting with each other <laughs> right, during, during the a thing. Funeral. And it's right. like, this is great. Like this is a nice little Easter egg. I appreciate this. But yeah, and then she gets Vitsamir to basically tell Dijkstra and Philippa, you're going. Uh, and Radovid. Which, but the other thing about that is that that implies that Vitsamir's not going. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to die here. Yeah. Well, maybe. So how maybe are they he does. Do maybe that? it's a uh, you're going. Okay, but then he's like he comes to, or maybe they kill him while everyone else is off and gone, so that doesn't make it look like they're that the might ones who did be it. what's gonna yeah. happen. I assume so. Um, but yeah. it's still like, and we know that like uh, we get a little bit of a hint that like unless you were really paying attention, I don't think you would grab it, but apparently lydia the 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 one that can't talk um that's working with ryan's mm-hmm. uh was in like she was the one conspiring with queen me or queen hedwig hedwig yeah, um samir's right. wife so um so i guess she's there maybe she has something to do with it or ryan's or whatever's gonna kill him i don't yeah. I don't really know. And she continues to be super shady and walk around just looking at people. Yeah. Unless they just straight up have Philippa tell her like lover to do it, which is entirely because we Maybe. know that like she's the one that killed Hedwig. Philippa that yeah, well yeah, and we know that Philippa is supposed to orchestrate the death of Vitsamir right. somehow. That's why Dijkstra and her have a problem. So maybe like while they're gone the lover kills Vitsamir because yeah. of some reason. I could totally see that. But maybe she's orchestrated it. Maybe she like yeah. there's the whole like she feels confident about Radovid being a better king. And so therefore, let's get rid of this guy because he's in the way that actually would. Maybe that's why they had Radovid as like the brother the so that it was him. a really easy like, well, clearly he's the next king. There's no question about secession. Yeah, that might be. It's probably okay. something like that. I guess we'll find out the next like in i don't know a few weeks but maybe that's why um yeah and otherwise um that's about it um i did they showed applegat dying mm-hmm. um yeah which we saw him die or whatever i was just incredibly proud because i timed it yeah i started to count i was like five i was like and applegat dies in five four <laughs> three I got to two and I saw the dashes in the subtitles uh-huh. and realized I was going to be perfectly on time. And I like hit one and the arrows right there on one. And I was like, wow, okay, that was just, that was just fun. <laughs> yeah. I was just proud of that moment. And then I'll mention that Fringilla was seen. Mm-hmm. This is probably the most pointless scene in the entire season. The, like, the scene with did- here. And no, Fringilla. Fringilla. Or... No, no, no. Oh, no, Fringilla. Fringilla. Oh, the, oh, yeah, right, 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 right. I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry. The Nuff Guardian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Page, not Francesca. Right. Not Francesca. Uh, yeah, the A at the she's end. She's dancing in Grab a bar. Ring. She hears the bartender yes. talking to a dude about some boats going missing. And she sits down to learn about the boat. And that's it. Like, <laughs> well, I, why it, did we need It's this? foreshadow for how she ends up in, involved in whatever's happening next. That's probably what that is. It's like, well, yeah, how does she know to go there because of the thing in the bar? That's that's probably what that is. But otherwise, playing yeah. the mystery game so far, like if you had not shown Frangilla for the rest of this part and mm-hmm. then she shows up in the next part, that would have been just fine, too. 
Yeah. Because this just felt like it was like, like it, oh, here's a tiny bit of foreshadowing, but otherwise it's really not it smells at all. a lot like the writers trying to address people's complaints. They're like, why did this thing happen? There was no foreshadow. We don't understand how they found out about it. And so they're like, well, we're right in a scene where Fringilla finds out about it in a bar, you know? And so like, it's, it's, it's it feels, so it, like, yeah, it's, it's again, it's, it's more just shoehorning in things. Yeah. Like, it, it does feel a little bit odd. Um, I, so here's, here's some thoughts. Uh, so you have a question here. Are they really trying to push uh, Triss and Istrid? Maybe yeah, I didn't even talk maybe. about that one. I don't know that I don't know that they're trying to make them a love inch. I think they're just showing uh like it, they're reinforcing that these are characters we're supposed to like and they like each other and they are friends and that they are like like they we need to see them as being good guys, I think, is is the emphasis there. As much as we may not like Istrid for certain things, or we might think that he's not necessarily the most capable, like and he looks freaking cool this season. Like, like he's a handsome dude. Oh, yeah. We've talked about it before, but oh, like, I was, I was, uh, he was, he was the second hottest looking dude in the show. Like, like that. I like that. His, his, his like, new hairstyle. Like, like we were joking about Yaskier, like what's with the hair, but like the way they do his hair, the way he's all dressed up, like he's like, he look, he's looking like a handsome, capable dude. And yeah. I don't know if that bodes well for him or bad because sometimes you build characters up before you knock them down or kill them or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, he's also the only person in this damn show still talking about monoliths. Right. Right. Which right. I was like, dude, please stop. Like, please stop. And like, yeah, he's talking about the book of monoliths, some, you know, big, important book or whatever. We're going to see this thing in the next episode. And like, that's whenever like my face fell the most whenever I see that actual book. Cause I realized yeah. what it was right. and what it was referencing. And it really upsets me. Um, but we'll talk about that next the in the next episode. But yeah, so it the only thing is I really asked is because like it was very flirtatious. And granted, that's fine. You can flirt. They could even have like I but, don't know. Yeah, like they could. But doesn't that even play into like that plays into to. Triss's character a bit though, right? Like that like they've kind of pulled her back from doing that with Geralt. So for her to be doing that with somebody like Istrid kind of makes sense. Well, I mean, they're just reinforcing the idea that like Triss is always going after, um, as as someone else put it, Yennefer's sloppy seconds. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there's that because there's that. it's it's she put right. like Yennefer and Geralt happen. Triss wants to get with Geralt. Right. Istrid and Yennefer happen, and now Triss seems like she wants to get with Istrid. Right. It's like, but also look at who the other guys are. There's really not I mean, a lot of good competition. <laughs> like Jennifer keeps picking the best of the bunch, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, well, if, if you if you were going after any of the guys, these would probably be the ones you'd pick, too. So but it was just uh, but they, they just had like a a lot of scenes together mm -hmm. that just seemed it just was very weird to like yeah. see that. Right. Because as far as I know, in the like Istrid exists in one story and that's it. And then he doesn't appear ever again. Right. Um, which, which is part of why I think prominent. Yeah. They, they, oh, like they might, that's part of why I think they might be building him into like, Oh, he's, he's going to team up and he's going to start doing some things with the people that we like for the good guys. And then all of a sudden that's going to fall apart and he's going to be, uh, 
like uh, let's not says is she gonna die in second half of the season calling it now um maybe there's probably a good chance we're about to see the coup on thanet which we've talked about we said that this was going to happen we said that this was going to be the end of the there has to be some casualties into the season part one a lot of people are going to die yeah um yeah as far as we know so like it makes in but we also have to have casualties of characters that we think are or like they care about right yeah. like and this is also kind of the like this is the 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 event that truly leads up to the lodge of sorceresses being made mm-hmm. which the lodge of sorceresses can't exist for the most part if there's still that very large population of male sorcerers right right and so I think that's part of it is that we're going to see a lot of the men who are important like mages die in this part because Mm -hmm. we know that most of these women survive yeah you know Yennefer Francesca Philippa Sabrina Glevesig like all of these people are going to be part of it later on and like so a lot of people are gonna have to die so who does that leave all of the men (laughs) yeah yeah and uh, yeah and, and and as of right now there aren't too many of those men that we would feel bad about so it makes sense that istrid would fill that role right like yeah. we have to feel like okay there were some casualties for the for the ones we're rooting for there's there's some casualties there so that, that seems like that's going to make sense all right so let's wrap this up toasty how did you feel about these two episodes having seen all five now I think like I really do believe um and like I will I will say uh ahead of time uh whenever I finished the fifth episode I did have some excitement for the next part. Mm-hmm. I was actually excited to see where this season led to like what we're going to see uh what july 27th when the next part drops yeah uh which i did not expect i did not expect to be looking forward to any part of this series ever again right um yeah and we're going to talk about episode five next week and i feel like going into that i feel like that was the that's the strongest episode of yeah it definitely was in the way they film it is very interesting yeah but i feel like they are i can say that they are like trying to make an effort to like a real everything back in and get it online with a show that people would be more satisfied with. Right. Right. But unfortunately that does involve one really shoehorning things in so that it fits the new narrative that they are trying to build off. A lot of these things that like, you know, the forgiveness of Yennefer was so quick when it really shouldn't have been. Right. And um, they were clearly trying to show us that lots of time was passing and it took a lot of work on her part, but they don't yeah. have an entire season to play that out. They had to fit it into an episode. Yeah. So, and of course I think that like, because of the reception of season two, obviously I feel like the budget was cut pretty hard on this show yeah. and you can see it. A lot of the things that look like really good and clean and crisp is that are being filled in with just green screen now, because yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's what they can afford to do. Right. A lot or, of the backgrounds and stuff. Or you mentioned the, the werewolf scene, like why not have him actually transform into the werewolf and then Geralt fights him and then puts the thing back on him. And because then that would be too because high on the budget. It yeah. would cost a lot more in visual effects and, yeah. and filming um, that. Yeah. 
and it's it's very it's i think it's a like kind of sad that i feel like they had the they have the potential or i say had the potential to possibly bring this back like obviously there's a lot of people that aren't going to give it the, the the chance anymore and um and if if henry cavill hadn't left the show i think there would have been a chance but yeah. i just don't think that there's a chance now even like if they they tried to bring it back too late yeah like no matter and, who they cast in that role it's not him and so it's just not yeah it's feel not right. in like it's people, an impossible errand for any actor to fill that sh- the shoes because you're just not the same person mm-hmm. and it's and it's just by the means of which he left the show like he was basically felt like he was forced to leave the show because his dreams for what he was doing was not being met yeah. and he really does phrase it that way. i think he phrased it that way mm-hmm. in an interview is that like mm-hmm. do it trying to like fulfill a dream but just getting met with the disappointment of it and it and it was he was very sad to say that and it's like that's that's like heartbreaking but yeah yeah um yeah and, and he's just, not somebody who's doing the role just because he needs to get paid because he, he's an he a-list actor because, he can get whatever role he wants yeah he did it because he wanted to do this he loves this thing and it just it didn't work out so i think it was a chance and i think that maybe the second half of this season might be pretty good um but i still think that we're eventually going to lead to just it dying like i mean it's like season four is probably like if they it's probably the last one if they're already like approved for it yeah i mean who knows what it's going to look like for the next season because i imagine the budget is going to cut even more because a lot of people just didn't watch this because of how upset they were already with all the the news that they had right so right yeah i guess we're just gonna have to see but um that's that's gonna do us that's gonna do it that's gonna do us that's gonna do it for episodes three and four and we'll be back next week talking about episode five and all the intricacies of what's going on there so stay tuned for that and make sure you come back make sure you're following the show you're subscribed or whatever and we'll see you next time toasty you got anything you want to share before we head out um I'm still doing the cyberpunk lore cast, of course. Um, go check that out if you're interested in cyberpunk. We're finally like being able to like reel it in. We've done our tour of the world of cyberpunk. We're mm-hmm. back in the States. Um, and I got to start zooming back into uh, to, to the settings that we know. Um, and then check out the uh, cyberpunk red live play podcast cyberpunk cyberpunk apostrophe D with the that I do with the fumbling for an almighty crit game. Awesome. Yeah, all of that stuff at robotsradio.net. If you're looking for links, you got my shows at robotsradio.net as well. So I do lots of different lore casts and uh, we'll be back next week. So thanks for being here, everybody. Chat, thanks for, for being here. Good to see all of you. Stay safe out there. And oh, wait. Oh, no, I messed it up. I said it you did instead mess it of up. you. you always you're supposed to say up. it. You say it. Uh, stay safe on the path. Yeah, you stay, yeah, everybody stay safe on the path. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.